0: Let's see a show of hands. Let me see your hands. Let me see them. I got your hands. All right. Let's think of all the many things we can do with our hands, right? We just heard quite a bit, right? He's probably still telling them back right there how many different things you can do with your hands, right? But what are some of the things you can do with your hands? Well, you can pray, okay? Yeah. You, you can comfort people, embrace, right? You can hit people if need be. What's going on back there? <laughs> huh? You can greet people. You can shake hands. You can do some of this, all that kind of stuff too, right? None of y'all do that, right? You can prepare food. I want to go with your hands. You can play with your hands, right? You can entertain with your hands, can't you? Come on. That doesn't get over for me. So many different things you can do with your hands, right? Now I want you to think, you can put your hands down if you still have them up. I want you to think about how hands might play into the life of this woman. This woman was known by many people and loved by many people. And she, in turn, I think, loved them all. And what was not to love about her? I can see her. She, she loved her God. She loved her church and everyone in her church. She loved to be the one to, as everyone sat around thinking of what had to be done next, she'd use her and say, I'll do it. Sign me up. Or when the bad news came in someone's life, she wanted to be the first one to go and embrace, offer a hug or to offer that hand on the shoulder. I'm with you. I'm praying for you. You're not alone. The verdict never came in, and we may never know, but when she sang, if she sang off-key or not, but it never really mattered because she sang like she believed it. And I have to envision that sometimes when she sang, her hands were up as she sang. And we know she did a lot of work with her hands because when she died, part of the way that the ladies and the men who were there with Tabitha, as Peter came in, as they showed him many of the garments that she had fashioned with her hands. Her hands were very important to her, I think. Now, that sh- sort of short biographical line may not be 100% accurate. But, as I read from Acts 9 again, I don't think the idea is too far stretched. And what's really Impressive to me about this story of Tabitha is that we all know a Tabitha, or we've all known Tabithas. Maybe it describes someone you know or you've known, someone dear to you, someone that's been important in your life, so that Tabitha really hasn't gone anywhere, anywhere. Now, within the study of this story, realize that there are people with different understandings of what this story is. For some people... The story is a, uh, a literal uh, recollection, recollection of something that happened. So that Tabitha not only was real, but that Tabitha lived and she died and that Peter came and resurrected her in a sense. There's people, on the other hand, right, who, who see this story as, as a metaphor, speaking about some truth. And I'll leave that up to you, to what you decide you think it might be, at least for now. And What's good about that, I think we need to realize, no matter where you find your understanding, there's ways to be faithful on both sides. And there's implications to our faith on both sides that we need to consider, no matter which understanding you take. But for us today, I think the story does two things. It reminds us of two important things. And the first is that we know people like Tabitha. Think about some of you who have been in this church forever. Look around this room, and you can probably see some Tabithas. Or as you go through family picture albums, you can remember some Tabithas, can't you? And I think part of remembering is thanking God for those people in our life who are like that, who will use their hands to help us, to encourage us, to set us straight if need be, to guide us, to love us. And that in remembering and thanking God for those people, teaching us how to be that person as well. So that's the first thing I think the story reminds us of. And the second thing I think is, it reminds us of the fact of suffering. That none of us are beyond the realm of suffering. Nobody, however much like Tabitha they are, escapes suffering in this world. Not even Tabitha, who was so loved, so cared for, and so special to that faith community, not even she was excluded from illness, pain, or even death. That's to remind us that none of us are as well. And so if we think about that, if we think about the Tabithas in our life and how important they are, and if we think about how we cannot escape Suffering becomes important then to talk about what suffering is. Try as you might, you will not convince me that listening to a 19-minute, 45-second sermon is suffering. I'm going to leave that one alone. It still can't convince me. And real suffering, friends, is not being stuck in traffic every day either. Real suffering is not losing your internet connection or your Wi-Fi connection, therefore cutting you off from Gmail or Twittering or Facebook. That is not real suffering, people. I wonder if many, many of us understand what real suffering is. But I do understand that many of us do know some type of suffering, surely. What about when those Tabithas have left us? That hurts. What about when illness comes? That can be real suffering. So there are real suffering that we can face in our world. But even still, I wonder how many of us today still have a clear idea or understanding of what biblical suffering is. Because many times... In the Bible, when suffering is talked about, it's not even that kind of suffering. It's the suffering we endure because of our faith. Now, let's be real. Most of us don't know about that at all. But it is still a real part of our world that people like you and me who have the same confession of faith, same belief in God and Christ Jesus, suffer because of their faith and suffer greatly. But still, we can suffer, can't we? The thing about suffering is when we begin to suffer, sometimes our hands begin to show it. Our hands begin to get tired. Our hands begin to hurt. And Sometimes we don't want to do what we used to do before because the suffering just becomes too great. And it it just hurts to even think about using our hands like we used to. That's what suffering can do to us, I think, in many ways. But friends, let me remind you of another set of hands. It's the hands of God. The hands of God that hold God's people, which happen to be you and I, and that do some very important and powerful things, Great things happen with the hands of God. Powerful things happen with the hands of God. And I want to give your attention back to the book of Revelation. Now understand, when we talk about Revelation, strange things start to happen. People tend to get a little apprehensive and just kind of, uh-oh, Revelation talk. And I understand that because I think for so long we've been, we've been taught that Revelation is full of all this kind of weird imagery and all these things that we can't understand, we'll never be able to understand. And so when we talk about Revelation, we kind of get uncomfortable because, well, I don't know what I'm reading anyway. And so the comical approach that many people take to it is, well, uh, I read the end and we win. Right? You ever heard anybody say that? Well, let me tell you today, the point of Revelation is not that we win. The point of Revelation is not even that God wins. The point of Revelation is that God has already won. And so when we look at the book of Revelation that way, instead of trying to pinpoint some event that's supposed to happen in the future or look for some certain signs that mean something else is about to happen, instead of doing that, we can look at the book of Revelation and look at the hope that it gives right now. Watch this. There were people who knew suffering. In verse 13 of chapter 7, the one we read together, Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. But then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. Presumably this, talk, this is referring to something that happened. Or not. They have washed, now watch this imagery, and the choir sung about it. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Now, have you ever spilt grape juice on the carpet? It's not white anymore. You ever got blood on your shirt? Time to get rid of the shirt, probably. But here we have these words that they are white in the blood of the Lamb. I love that image. For this reason, They are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. So that maybe in our suffering, friends, we are sheltered by the hands of God and we are provided for by the hands of God. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of the water of life. Does that remind anybody of anything? Psalm 23. The Lord is my mine. And that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your hand, your rod, and your staff, they comfort me. So that maybe we see even in our suffering, God protects us and God guides us. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So that in our suffering, we can believe that God comforts. Friends, I don't know what kind of suffering you bring with you today. But I do know that we are in the hands of God. And I've tried to teach you to remember that 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. John 10 is the shepherd chapter, where Jesus gives this big spiel about being the good shepherd. And Jesus says, They are in my hands, and no one will snatch them from my hands. Friends, that's you and me. So let God comfort you with God's hands. Let God provide for you with God's hands. Be protected by God's hands, so that in turn, like all the Tabithas we have come to know in our lifetime we can use our hands to point others to God. In Jesus' name.